What is up, everybody, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Out of the Light. I am your host, Marcus Morton, and today your boy is on that old school Jason Derulo. I'm riding solo. Why? Because a couple weeks ago, my partner, Richard Carrion, uh, he manned the ship by himself. I was busy uh, directing a play, so I could not be a part of the recording, and he gave the history of our friendship from his perspective. And we always talked about that, you know, one day maybe I'll do it by myself and give my side of the story. So that's what we have today. So today it is my perspective of how me and Richard became friends. And it's one of those things that's kind of interesting that all throughout um, our friendship, looking back, it was like, to me, it's one of those things where it's like the universe was trying to put us together and make this friendship happen. Almost like uh, Stanley Yelnets and Zero in Holes. Like we were destined to come together. And you'll all explain more of that. And like when I mention this, for my, you know, my part of the story, I'll give you those little like flagship moments that like, oh, see, that's the universe trying to put us together. So here we go. Let's dive right into it. I met Richard uh, back in 2006. It was 2006 because that was my freshman year in high school. We were at River Valley High School. Uh, we were part of the first students to go there. And we were in a Spanish class, Spanish one together. And I didn't know him. He didn't really know me. Um, so we, we didn't really interact with each other. But um, one day, our teacher was asking a bunch of students, you know, if they were going to be at school because this was uh, at a time when there were a lot of immigration protests and there was this thing that was supposed to happen called Day Without a Mexican. And so a lot of the, you know, Latino students were going to get up and walk out of school and sign a protest or just not go to school at all. So our Spanish teacher, who used to teach at the old Yuba City High School, and had my cousins in his class before. Um, so he knew my family. He knew, you know, I'm mixed and I got, I'm Mexican and everything. So he's going around asking all the kids, are you going to be at school this day? Are you going to be at school today? Then he gets to uh, me. He's like, Morton, are you going to be at school this day? And before I could even say anything, Richard Carrion pipes up and you hear, hold up, senor. Why are you asking B.E.T. if he going to be here? He ain't one of us. And I was just like, did this dude just really call me B.E.T.? What an a-hole. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. And that was just it. And ever since then, after that moment, he always started calling me B.E.T. Hey, B.E.T. Hey, B.E.T. That's all he used to call me. It's B.E.T. Um, then... The following year, so sophomore year, in Spanish 2, uh, you have a lot of the same people in your class when you're taking these classes. Uh, so, end up being in the same class with him again in Spanish 2 in Mr. Sanchez's class. Mr. Luis Sanchez. Little short dude, little punk. Anyway, um, we were in his class and... Richard and these other two guys that he was like friends with would all sit around me and Richard of course was still calling me BET and uh, All his friends were like always asking me, like trying to copy off my work. Like, hey, what's the answer for this? 
What's the answer for this? Tell me this. What'd you do for the homework? Like, and it was just so annoying. Like, they wouldn't do anything. It's heck of annoying. And just during that time, like, so it wasn't so much that Richard that annoyed me that time, but it was more like the his friends in that class. And of course, he was still calling me BET. And then um, during that time, so this was my sophomore year, I think him, this is when him and Mike, I think were first involved with UCW. So I didn't become involved with UCW until probably, I think it was my senior year. Yeah, it was my senior year when I finally became part of UCW, Jamaican Thunder was born, all that stuff. But before, Mike and Richard were a part of it, and Mike was wrestling as Haiku, uh, Richard was a mouthpiece, Jamoa Brown, and I remember, like, I wasn't a part of it, but I still always went to all the shows, because it was something I enjoyed, I loved it, so I would always go to every single show, so I would see him out there, I'm like, oh, that's that dude that calls me BET. Like, he's over here, part of this, like, church wrestling thing. And, um, so then my soft, or my junior year, I'm taking Spanish class, and I realize, oh, that dude that calls me BET, he ain't in here no more. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, I'm going through there, feeling all good, like, yeah, I'm rid of this guy. And then, literally, I go to my next, or the next semester... I'm in my first class of the day, and it's legit like a scene out of the movie. I'm sitting at the far end of the classroom, and just in the doorway, it's like all the sunlight was just hitting right there. It was completely blinding, and you just see this big silhouette in the doorway, and all you hear is, oh shit, BET, what's happening, baby? And I'm like, are you kidding me? And now, this guy's in my math class, and of course, he come walks over, sits next to me, and I was just like, oh, gosh dang, dude. And he's, like, trying to talk all the time and ask me what I got on this, and I suck at math. I'm no good at it. It's my weak spot. And I'm just telling him, I was like, but he's always trying to cut up in class and everything, still calling me BET and all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, so that was, and then, um, so that was pretty much high school with me and Richard, because then that was his senior year, so he was graduating but I think before that, I think it was either that year, like earlier that year in the fall, or it was the previous year, um, for a football game, our boy Mike uh, had came up to me. Now, I didn't really, at this time, I wasn't really friends with Mike. We knew who each other were, you know, because I knew this is the guy that was part of UCW, and I would see him, him and Richard at church, you know, here and there. I knew they went to high school and he was on the football team. We weren't really like friends. We just knew of each other. And at the time in high school, I was like the head of drumline. Like I came up with all of our cadences that we would play at games and parades and all that stuff. And we, our football team was having like the news come down and they were going to like, you know, be at our game and it was going to be a big thing. And they had gotten one of those big inflatable helmets that, you know, uh, football players can run out of. And so Mike came up to me one day. He's like, hey, man, uh, don't you uh, do all that drumline stuff? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, we got a big game coming up, and uh, we got, like, a tunnel thing we're running out of. And I think it'd be kind of cool if, like, you think you and, like, you can get drumline guys to, like, play. Like, the cheerleaders are going to be down there, but we think it'd be cool if, like, you guys, like, played something, too, while we came out. I was like, yeah, bro, I could do that. I got you. So I did that. Uh, so we did that and everything.
and then that was like the only, and then when they ran out, we were playing, and then after he ran out, because at first, of course, he was up front, but then he stopped, like, he came back after everybody was done, and he's like, hey, man, thanks, that was cool, thanks, man, that was it, that was all the, and then, like, I think on, I remember when they graduated, when they were graduating high school, like the band, we had to play, you know, pop and circumstance for like freaking half an hour, 45 minutes while they're walking. And I remember Mike was, uh, when he was graduating and his mom, cause she worked at our school was, you know, right there. And they're all hugging and everything. He saw me, he gave me, you know, it's funny. We always say Mike was like, like our Paul Walker, uh, you know, the one light skinned dude hanging out with all like the brothers and all the cholos and all the Latinos and everything. All his friends were Brown. And Mike legit looks at me. He sees me. I see him. And he gave me, like, the obligatory black guy nod. And I'm like, you know, this guy's pretty cool, you know. But then, so fast forward then to late the next year, my senior year, that's when I started wrestling. Um, I was now part of UCW. Mike and Richard had left at that point. They weren't a part of it. So now I was wrestling. And then the next year, when I'm in college, I was hanging out with another guy. That was one of the heads of UCW at the college. And um, me and him were hanging out when we ran into Mike. Mike was telling us how this other guy that used to be part of UCW wanted to um, come back. But him and Mike had this sort of rivalry thing, always trying to one-up each other. So Mike was like, yo, I'm going to come back first and everything. Like, I should do it. Like, I should do it to say I came back and do it before he did. And I remember running into him later. And I had told Mike. It was just like, yeah, man, you know, if you do want to come back, now's the perfect time because, you know, the requirements, you got to come to church at least once a week. Well, it's holiday season, dude. If you come back now, there's only really going to be like three services that you're going to have to be at until it's time for this show. And, you know, you already know how to wrestle. So, I mean, come on, dude, you're going to be good. Now's the time. Just be three weeks. And, um. He took that and because then he took that and listened to it, I guess. Because then that next week at practice, he showed up with Richard. And I'm like, damn it, here's this dude that calls me BET. But what's funny though, I kind of skipped over it uh, during high school. So back in high school, real quick, I was like the black emo kid, like had my dreads, like at f- the first time I had my dreads and everything. And I'd always wear like, you know, the the tight jeans, a band t-shirt or like a black t-shirt. And then like this hoodie that I still have today. My kids in the way hoodie. So freaking comfortable. And a lot of the kids I hung out with at the church, um, at my old church, they were all older. They were all my cousin Michael's age. Cause they went to school with them. So they knew him. I'd known some of them. So that's who I hung out with. Well, there was this girl that was a part of that group. Um, and, I remember one night, Richard just happened to be at uh, church. He came to a youth group one night. And him and Mike weren't wrestling anymore, but he was there. And, you know, I said, what's up to him? You know, gave each other a nod and everything. But I was like, don't you call me BET over here. Don't do that. Mm-mm. And he didn't. You know, we didn't. We just gave each other a nod and that was it. But then after, we're hanging out with the group of people and everything. And then finally, um, he's over there too. I noticed him. I'm like what is this guy doing over here? And he's talking to this girl. And I'm like, wait, you know this guy? She's like, yeah, that's my bro. He's my brother. I'm like, yeah, your brother's an a-hole. Always calling me B-E-T all the time. And she starts busting up laughing. And then, um, 
some some other guy came over. He's like, oh, why why are you laughing? Oh, did Marcus tell you? And she's like, what? Tell you what? She's like, oh, I thought you were laughing at something. And she's like, well, what? What are you talking about? And I didn't know what the guy was talking about. He's like, oh, well, his cousin's Mike. And she's like, oh, Mike? Not our boy Mike Dean. It's a different Mike. My cousin Michael. He went. He goes by Mike, which was surprised the hell out of me when I first heard that. I was like, who's Mike? But anyway, she's like, yeah, Mike, that's his cousin. And she looks at me like, oh, you said my brother was an a-hole? Well, your brother's an a-hole. Well, your cousin's an a-hole. And you need to tell him he needs to call me back. Just mention the bowling alley. He'll know. And I'm like, what the hell didn't happen here? So that was like, you know, universe number one right there. Like something happened between our my cousin and his sister. I don't know what it was, but something happened. I'm like, man, we probably could have been related right there. But anyway, so back to the where I was at the story before. Um, they came back to wrestle, and I was wrestling in a tag match, and uh, I had my partner, and then we were wrestling against another guy, like these two other guys. Well, one of the dudes that we were wrestling against couldn't make it, so like, dude, we got to fill this, we got to fill the spot. Like, it's the week of, this other guy's gonna make it. What are we gonna do? So they were like, well, Mike's back. He has been to church, and. So, Mike, would you feel comfortable doing this? And he's like, okay, put him in. You can even tell this guy had been gone from wrestling, like, for, like, two years or whatever. This brother was back, like, so good, dude. Like, elevated stuff. And so, here we are, literally, like, pretty much a month after I told him. I was like, yeah, dude, you know, just three weeks. He'll be back in, you know, just wrestling. Dude, this brother's, like, part of a main faction, him and Richard. And so we were all, so now me and Mike were becoming friends. Me and Richard were kind of just like, I don't want to say we were like, like, like we were like, I guess like friendly with each other, but we were more like acquaintances at this point. Um, and then it wasn't until, uh, but then I did start hanging out with them. And, uh, when I started hanging out with them, Richard had brought this up when he had talked about this, he said how like people at the church, cause he. I was, like, just raised up in the church, you know. I was raised up there. I had friends there. And at that time, a lot of them were going off to college. They were leaving church. Stuff was going down with them. So I started hanging out more with Mike and Richard. And Richard had alluded to last week how some people at the church, especially those that the two people that were in charge of UCW, had told me, oh, you shouldn't be hanging, like, they didn't like me hanging out with them and said I shouldn't. Well, that's 100% correct, which Carry On was not lying about that. Uh, I remember being told straight up one day, don't hang out with Mike and Richard. Uh, they're bad influences. Watch yourself around them. You just just don't be around them. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, they didn't like me hanging around them. But there was something about them that, like, I just wanted to hang around them, not because I was being rebellious. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to hang out with these. These are the bad boys. And I'm going to, like, hang with them. And I'm going to be, like, this rebellious teenager. No, it was just, like, there was something about them, like, I wanted to be around because they were, like, bettering me. Like, I noticed I started becoming better around them. Um, Mike was all about, like, working out and everything. Richard at the time wasn't about working out. So Mike hits me up one day. He's like, hey, bro. Want to come to the gym with me? Okay. So I started going to the gym with Mike. Now, I'd always been strong. Like, I was always that one, like, strong kid, you know, that was 
was I was a little chubby, strong kid, but I was strong. Like I could lift up stuff all the time. Adults were like trying to lift stuff and like, oh, we need someone else to come help us. And I would just run over there and like lift up stuff with them, like, you know, and like help them carry stuff in. Like I was always strong. So now going to the gym with Mike and like putting the strength that I had to use and learning how to use it correctly. It was a thing that we were both like, you know, he would teach me how to do stuff in the gym and then, like, I'd get to a certain point, and instead of me, him teaching me, it became more of us, like, now we're working to get out together at the gym, you know, making each other stronger. And then, while we're doing that, I'm hanging out with Richard, and Richard's a very confident person. And Mike was, too. But, like, that's starting to rub off on me, and, you know, Richard had said they were, like, alphas. And it was very rare that, like, you got to hang out with Mike or Richard and not be, you know, especially back then, and not be an alpha. If you were, you probably a beta. You know, um, but they definitely turned me into an alpha. I'd always been someone that would like, you know, oh, if you ask me to do something or if you tell me, hey, this is what's going on. I'm like, okay. But with them, I started questioning things. Somebody would tell me, hey, this, like, this is happening. Just deal with it pretty much. I'm like, but wait, why? You know, I started asking questions. Uh, because around them, because I would see Mike and Richard ask questions and people would answer them like, okay, you know, that's how you get, you know, that's how things work. But I was definitely treated as just a, this is what, what you're doing. This is what's going on. That's it. But once I started asking questions, they were like, people started looking like, wait, 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 what? I was never disrespectful with anything. It was just like, I just want to know why. Like, if you're saying this is happening, why can't this happen? Like, I remember, like, specifically one point, um, there was supposed to be a match. I was having a match that was, it was the end of this feud that had been building for so long, and we were having this, like, hardcore street mat, like, street fight match and all this stuff, and stuff was going to be broken and everything, but the main event of that show was not us. And the one that was scheduled to happen ended up not being able to happen, so I was like, ooh, are we going to be able to main event? And instead, it was some other guys that were main eventing. And I remember being, like, upset about that because I was like, dude, they're not going to get a loud, like, reaction like we are. Plus, we're going to tear this building down. Like, we're using all this stuff. Stuff's going to get broken. The ring's going to get dirty. And I remember Mike and Richard being upset about it, too. Like, dude, well, why can't they be the main event? And I remember when they talked to me, the people that ran it, they were like, oh, um, like, so we heard that you're upset that, you know, you're like about the show and everything. I'm just like, I'm just wondering why it can't be the main event. And what was literally told to me, because I'm just asking why, you know, was I upset? Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I was upset, but it was more just like, but just explain to me why, why couldn't we be the main event? And what was told to me was, well, you should just be glad that we're allowing you to wrestle. And that's what was told to me. And so ever since then, it was more like a, that was really when I was just like, okay, things are different now. Things are changing. Uh, you know, Mike and Richard definitely always kind of did that. They kind of opened my eyes to things a little bit. Um, But then, so we were wrestling. I continued to wrestle and everything and hang out. And we definitely became like, a, the three of us were like, you know, we became like a crew, like the three of us. It was always the three of us. Um, well then what happens eventually Mike 
goes off to train with Davy Richards. And so he moves away to St. Louis for a while. And that sort of forced me and Richard uh, together in the sense of like, it's like, well, our one guy that's usually like, you know, the buffer for us. Well, he's gone. So it was just like, you want to hang out? You want to go get some food? So we now we started hanging out all the time. And um, what really kind of solidified us as hanging out and like really friends was um, before Mike had left in wrestling, um, me, Richard, and our boy Vega were told, um, well, you guys may not be on this show because of your weight and just like because of your weight. And we're like, wait, what? And at the time, I had already lost a lot of weight because I'd been working out with Mike. I had lost a ton of weight. And I was like, I'm in the best shape of my life right now. What are you talking about? And we all kind of took that like, and it like, okay, you're going to say this to us? Well, guess what? After that, we started killing it. And we started calling ourselves the block because we were essentially put up on this chopping block. And uh, that's how we felt. But we started to kill it because then once Mike was gone, the three dudes that were killing it in UCW, having best matches, best reactions, and all that stuff. It was the three of us. It was the block. So then, now, so now Mike's gone. So now me and Richard are like hanging out all the time. It's just us, and then uh, some of the other boys too. But um, what really kind of solidified us and started almost like a tradition we sort of started was Christmas shopping. Um, I remember. I wanted to get my cousin something one time. I was like, dude, I'm not going to find it here. I got to go to Roseville. So I hit Richard up. I'm like, hey, bro, you want to roll with me? He's like, okay. He's like, I got to find my, like, get uh, some Christmas shopping done for my nephews. So we were going, like, so that started a thing. We would always go out, like, searching presents for his nephews and for our families and, like, going to Roseville. And we'd make mix CDs, like, always a mix CD. Like, either Richard would come up, like, like sit down and, like, pull out the CD, like, I got this. And it'd always be like, it'd be the most random music. We'd have like old school 90s hip hop, R&B, pop, boy band, all that stuff. We'd have uh, straight rap music. We'd have some electro stuff. But always, it's pretty much no matter what CD we had, uh, whatever the genre was, Problems by ASAP Rocky was pretty much on every single one of them. Um, that was like our anthem. Uh, but anyway... Um, so then Mike came back for a little bit, uh, while he was, uh, away at St. Louis with chain with Davey Richards, uh, Mike came back for a minute. And when he came back, it was like, we were like stronger than before, bro. We were stronger than ever. Like we were all like really good at wrestling at this point, learning from Mike. We were working out together. And then, um, yeah, it was just a, it was just a fun time. And I remember during this time. Um, when Mike had came back one time, this was sort of our, um, other universe trying to put us together. Um, my uncle hit me up one day asking me, he's like, Hey, do you think you could get a couple guys and help us move our hot tub? I was like, yeah, sure. I could do that. So of course I hit up my boys, Mike and Richard, and we went, uh, to move this hot tub and we do, and it made it pretty quick cause we were beasting at the time, you know? Uh, moved it down and then my uncle's talking to him and yeah, he's asking their names and everything and Richard's like yeah my name's Richard Carrion he's like Carrion are you related to this guy Ramiro 
It's like, oh yeah, that's my uncle. Oh really? I know Ramiro. And it turns out our uncles used to work together. Like, not just work together, like they work for the same people. No, they worked like close, close together. Uh, my uncle worked forever in education. Um, and so does Richard's uncle. I believe he still works in education. And, uh, but when he was coming up, he was working underneath and with my uncle a lot. Like, and so they became like really close friends. And there was times I think he's even been to their house when I've been there. And like, I've met him before. So I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So this whole time, this dude that I've met before, that was Richard's uncle. And it's like, he was friends with my uncle. Like, so it was just one of those things, you know, there's the universe again, trying to make, put, put Marcus and Richard together. Um, and then, but then later, um, as things, as time progressed, you know, things kept going. Um, Mike was gone and then Richard ended up getting the keys of UCW, you know, upon him. And he was the guy running things. And at that time, um, when that all that was happening, I had literally kind of went through one of like the worst times of my life. Uh, really emotional, bad time. Things were bad. I'm put it like that. Things were bad. Um, but the thing is, though, you learn when things are bad in your life, who's really there for you. I can count on my fingers, both hands the amount of people that were actually there for me during that time. And I ain't using all of my fingers. Richard was one of them. And then Mike at the time, I think this was one time when he was in England. Uh, he even called like wrestling with Davey. He calls me up and is like, Hey bro, you okay? How you doing? And it just really hit me, bro. Like this guy's out here training with like, a guy who's considered the top pro wrestler in the world at the time. And he's calling to check on me. You know, Richard was always there for me. So that like cemented it in my head. Like these guys are my brothers right now, you know? So when Richard gets, you know, the keys to UCW handed to him, like, all right, it's yours to run now. He had to do it alone. And I'm like, well, I'm going to step in and, you know, and help wherever I can. Cause I need to, you know, this is, this is my brother. I got to help him. Um, and it started to wane on him. He was doing a lot, like, because he was having to handle a lot of stuff on his own. Or something that used to be dealt with by two people was now being dealt with by one person. Uh, and the church was honestly never big on UCW in the first place. They just weren't. They liked us because we brought in money for Speed Light and for missionaries and stuff like that. But besides that, they weren't big on us. Um... But I was also doing a bunch of other stuff, ministry stuff in the church with like the junior hires. And I was about to start running a club there, like a little like lounge type thing for these kids. And I was doing all this stuff. And I remember then Mike came back. And when Mike came back this last time, it was something kind of changed. I noticed there was a change in him. Now, Mike's always been a wild guy. You know, he's always a crazy white boy. Love him for that. But this was like a little bit different. And him and Richard were hanging out a lot more. But it was like now I wasn't really like invited as much anymore. Um, It was mostly just them hanging out with other people and then not me. 
And um, Richard had alluded to this before um, the Vegas trip. They had uh, Mike and Richard and I think some other guy Mike had worked with. And this one dude that had joined UCW that had barely been around, um, they all go to Vegas. And I'm like, what? why does this guy get to go? Like, I didn't even know they were going. I didn't get invited. Like, nothing. And, like, Richard says, yeah, Marcus was always hurt by that. Hell, yeah, I was hurt. Now they're like, oh, but, dude, we're going out drinking and we're doing all this and you don't do that. I, hey, just because I don't do that doesn't mean I want, I don't want to get invited to the party. You know, everybody wants to get invited to the party. Doesn't mean I want to go to the party, but it's nice to be invited. And after that, um, I stopped like after that trip, st uh, stuff with UCW just started to kind of like dwindle down. Um, I mean, we'd even went to WrestleMania at this point, but it was like, and we were hanging out and it was cool. But then after that, when we got back, things just started like trickling down, like stuff started like art, like it started to fade like our friendship almost now I was doing other stuff with, you know, um, at the church working with other people and other ministries. And then I just got my job that I still have now, like being the coordinator of the after school program. So I was busy a lot. And then, um, I remember just rolling up to the church a couple times for practice. And then it would just be like, text Richard like hey bro you coming we having practice and be like no 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 practice today I'm like oh okay I wouldn't see him wouldn't hear from him until like a week later when I show up again bro we having practice and then I wouldn't hear anything just sit there waiting and then finally Richard was just like alright no I'm done so he quit and I remember just like thinking like oh okay like now you tell us like because it was like, we were just kind of there, you know, just show, some of us were showing up, not knowing anything. And then youth pastor came to me asking me if I would run it. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Cause I loved, I loved UCW. I didn't want it to go away. Plus I was like, dude, you know, this is a place for me and my friends. This is what not held us together, but this is, you know, this was like our thing. So, you know, if they come back around then yeah. I could say like, hey, yeah, we still got this thing to do. Um, and I remember before I had fully taken over, um, me and Richard had went out to breakfast. Dude, you could cut that. It was, that tension was so thick. It wasn't bad. Like we were like beefing or anything. It was just like, it, it was awkward. Um, remember we sat there, we ate, we talked barely about stuff. Just like, yeah. I'm going to take over now, do that, you know, and try to keep it going, you know, so if you guys want to come back, you know, it's there. I remember he handed me the keys and that was really it. Um, and, and that was a really one of the last times I talked to Richard for a while. Um, and so I'm trying to run UCW and what ends up happening is the youth pastor who had asked me to take take this thing and take the ball and run with it started praying on me and not like praying on me and like praying for me or praying on me like like you know have a seat my name's Chris Hansen praying on me he was praying on me like he knew I had abandonment issues your boy got abandonment issues 
uh, you know, dad not being around when I was younger, the way things ended with my ex, your boy's a little messed up. Got abandonment issues. Uh, so when Mike and Richard had left, he was saying, and I'm trying to run UCW and it's sucking. Let's be real. It sucked. It was rough because pretty much everybody else left too. That was a part of it. They all left. And he's just telling me like, yeah, man, they left you all alone. And if it doesn't work out, that's not on you. That's on them because they left you. And it was like this thing that every time I would talk to him and he'd ask me how it was going, he would always bring it up. You know, anytime we talked, anytime um, he asked me how it was. And I was meeting with him a lot, honestly, because at the time I was starting up this club that, and we were using it at the church. So it was just like, so I was meeting with him a lot and every time. So he was like, basically like brainwashing me and I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I fell for it, you know, I was like, yeah, they did leave me like, what, like how good friends they are. Like, thanks a lot guys. But then I remember it was January. It's like beginning of January. Um, right after new years, I had run into, uh, me and my boy, Gabe, we're hanging out and we run into Mike at Sears. He's working at Sears. And we see each other. It's the first time we've seen each other in months. And talked to each other in months. And so it's just like this. Oh, what's up, dude? And he's like, hey, man, what's up? And he goes, so uh, I hear they canceled uh, Thrash and Bash, the January show. And I just told him straight up. I was like, yeah, they did. It's, you know, it's kind of hard to run a show when no one's there. And he just looked at me like he was irritated. And if you knew Mike, you know this look. Because I told him the truth. Like, Because I told him it was the truth. Did I come off a little aggressive? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Your boy's been brainwashed. And I was just like, yeah. You know, but no one's around. So how am I supposed to run a show? And he's irritated. And we're just staring at each other. Almost like daring each other to say something. Like, say something. I dare you to say something else. Like, we were both like, all right, who's going to make the next move right now? And then, thank God. Saved by the bell. You hear over the intercon. Mark Dean. Please report to the check stand in jewelry section. He's like, oh, shit. They're probably going to come call and bitch at me about something. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, I hate this job. He's like, well, I better get to it. And we look at each other. He's like, well, good seeing you, man. He's like, yeah, good seeing you, too. You know, we dapped up. We hugged. And that was it. And then he walked off. And then my boy Gabe was like, bro, that was so awkward. I was like, oh, yeah, you felt that? Yeah, it was. And then... A couple weeks later, I'm at work. Richard's calling me. And I'm like, what's this dude calling me for? Like, I ain't talked to him in months. It was, you know, I'm like, what's up? And he's calling. I'm like, hey, bro. I was like, hey, what's up? And he's just like, and he's kind of quiet. And then when he starts talking, like, it's shaky and I can't really understand him. And then he tells me, like, hey, uh, Mike died. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mike died. Mike's dead man um I found him this morning I found him this morning I was on my way to work and he told me telling me all this and I and then reality sank in the last time that I had seen him when was at Sears and that conversation I had with him is the last conversation I ever had with him and that stuff still haunts me to this day I was a dick to my brother because I let some other people come in 
and brainwash me against them. And um, so after that, I just, you know, I was mad. I was hurt. But I wanted to go be by Richard. I knew I had to go see Richard. So I got off work and I just drove to his house. And then um, I just, we just hugged. You know, we hugged. We talked out our stuff. And um, that was the beginning of like this reconciliation process with us and our friendship and to what it is today. Um, Because I remember the next day after the youth pastor wanted to have a meeting with me and these two other guys that used to be part of UCW that were part of the people that were talking crap about Mike the whole time and Richard. And I was just like, and they're over there crying. I'm like, yeah, it's sad and everything. But you guys were talking crap about him. And I told the youth pastor straight up, I was like, you turned me against my brothers. I was like, instead of reaching out to them like you should, you just said, oh, they're left. Oh, well, and they're doing this. Oh, okay, well, they're so bad and they're all this. Yeah, did you try reaching out to them? No. And I was just, I was letting them have it. I was letting them all have it. Um, Because I was so mad. I was so mad. And then after that, me and Richard, you know, became closer again. And it was like slowly one of those things to where it's like, okay, we're, you know, we're rebuilding our friendship again. And then it just, I don't know what it was. It just sort of just, it just happened up again. Like, you know, it was like to where it is now. Um, You know, that was really a rough time and it sucked. Um, But, you know the one losing Mike as rough as it was, it brought us back together, you know, just like when he left for St. Louis and that kind of forced me and Richard together to be friends. Um, you know, him dying that brought us back together. And I will say this, Richard is, he's not just my best friend. That guy's my brother. Um, we could be facing the end of the world and he could tell me we're going to get out of it. We're going to be okay. I'd believe him. Um, there's not much that I wouldn't do for there's hardly if anything, honestly, that I wouldn't do for him or his family, like his family. Like he says before, like, you know, they have family events and I'm invited. It'll be like something like, yeah, we just have a couple people over. It's just a small family thing. And then it'll be like legit, just them, his brother and their family his brother's family, and it's just like, Emmy, you know, at his mom's birthday party, um, she's taking pictures, you know, with, with Richard and his brother, and then with her, his brother and his family, and then her, her siblings, and she's taking pictures with all these people, and Richard and his fiance and her family, and he gets to one point where they're done, and she's like, all right, Marcus, get over here, I'm like, wait, what, and she's like, yeah, let me come take, a, come take a picture with me, you're my other son, you know, my mom thinks of Richard as his son. You know, it's, I can't describe, I can't fully put into words what our relationship is besides more than it's brothers. And that doesn't even seem like the right words to it because it feels like it's so much more, you know. Um, I'm going to say this too. People, you know, you have people in your life that mean something to you. 
Don't let your pride get in the way of talking to them. Talk your stuff out. Don't be prideful and let your ego get in the way or other people get into the way of, you know, a relationship or a friendship or a brotherhood. Don't. You know, they were there for me when I was at my lowest. So I'm always going to be there for them. Um, but yeah, that was uh, pretty much the story of how me and Richard became friends. Um, it was a lot longer than I expected it was going to be. I know Richard was like under a half hour. I'm going to send him this. He's like, dang, Negro, you was talking. You was going on, weren't you? But that's the interesting thing. You know, when you get on these things, there's like other side stories to then the main story to where it all makes sense. So, you know, that's my side of how we became friends. And like I said, it was like the universe was always trying to put us together. And it did. Just like, just like that movie Holes. You know, we were destined. We are destined to be best friends. Um... But yeah, man, this was this was interesting. I'm glad I get to put my side of the story out there. Turn into a little bit of therapy for you, boy. And if you've heard before, you know, Richard always says, my black ass need therapy. Um, but this was good. Hope you guys enjoyed this. It's out of the lights. It's your boy, Marcus. Check us out on all of our platforms, wherever you get your podcast you can listen to us there we on instagram we on facebook we even on youtube we got a youtube channel you need to check that out so now so not only can you hear us but you can watch us and see the looks on our faces when these ridiculous things get said but anyway it's your boy we out the lights we got it grocery bag <laughs>